Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Dori Shafrir. I am Kate Spencer. And we're not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And this is a mini episode where we hear from you, we share your comments and thoughts, and we answer your questions to the best of our ability. And please remember, we are not experts. We're just podcast hosts. And so we always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a medical and or a mental health professional as needed. And if you'd like to reach us, the number where you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text is 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And I should tell you that one of my kids is printing something in the printer next to me. So if you hear the little the sweet sounds of a printer humming along, Dory, that's what that is. Oh, lovely. It's nonstop <laughs> over here in Zoom school. 
Wow. Let me also let me also mention that you can visit our website Forever Thirty Five Podcast for links to everything we talk about on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Forever Thirty Five Pod, Instagram at Forever Thirty Five Podcast. We've got a Forever Thirty Five Facebook group where the password is Serums, and there is even a Forever Thirty Five subreddit. It's true. Kate, how's it going? Well, um, you know, I'm in the I'm basking in the glow of one of my kids' birthdays. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, my oldest daughter turned 10, which feels like a very big deal. For not like, I mean, for her, yes. But like, for me, it's just is like, what? A decade of this? And also, I'm 10 years older. And like, you're also like a tiny woman or excuse me, like tiny adult person. I don't know. Uh, we did it all remotely, which you know, was really, it worked out really well, but it was also like kind of made me weepy the whole time. And uh, she did a Zoom movie night. So, oh, that's so fun. What movie? They watched Lego movie too. Oh, we had everybody queue it up on their own TVs. Oh. And, and then she man, she monitored the Zoom. She was like, I'll be in charge of the Zoom. <laughs> they make you the host. They, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. they know so much about all this stuff. Like my other daughter was just mad at me because I didn't understand Google Slides very well, which is how she does all her schoolwork. So they're way ahead of me. They're so advanced now. But she hosted the Zoom and we made little goodie bags that we went and dropped off at people's houses remotely, which is really nice because we can oh say hi to gosh. people in our masks. And, um, you know, it was also like I am so um, I have such social anxiety about parties that I had to hide in the bedroom while my husband dealt with it. Oh, my gosh. It was really like I was having a little bit of a meltdown. And I I don't know if anybody else gets this way, but I'm so worried about every person and making sure like everyone's happy and included and blah, 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 that it gives me like massive agita. So Mm. uh, I let them handle it. They're very chill. Everyone else in my family is very chill. Um, (laughs) But, you know, but what it, it did bring up because we were she's 10. And so my husband and I have been talking, you know, to our family about like reminiscing about her birth and what happened 10 years ago. And, you know, I had a really traumatic um, labor and birth with her. And, and, Mm. and I don't think I realized like how much it still is hard for my husband and I, like, and not just for me, like for him. And I also had never really thought about how it traumatized him and what his experience was like. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if I need to do a little bit of like work on processing it. Um, Mm. Even though it was 10 years ago, I mean, look, it, that, that means nothing. Um, it was a really fucked up experience. And like, I think I'm only, because I tend to be a self-deprecating person, I don't tend to give the things I experience a lot of weight. And I'm kind yeah. of realizing like, oh, no, it actually, it was really traumatic. It really impacted us as like a couple and individuals. And like, I should probably like look at that a little bit more and examine it a little bit more. So that's something I'm thinking about. A lot of people have recommended EMDR. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've never done it, but people love it. Yeah. It's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Um, so that's something I'm kind of thinking about exploring a little bit. Uh, might be hard to facilitate right now from home, but it's something I, I, 
I have therapy right now once a month. So I'm like adding this to my list of things to talk about in therapy. Yeah, I was going to ask, have you ever talked about it in therapy? No, because I think like in my brain, I'm just like, oh, that's a thing that happened. But like the the short version is I had a very fast and rapid labor that was very painful in a birthing center. And when it was time to push, they did a vaginal exam and realized she had flipped in labor and I had to be rushed to an emergency C-section. She was transverse breach, meaning she was trying to come out essentially butt first. Like they went Mm -hmm. to feel her head and they felt a butt, which is a great story that we love to talk about in our house. But then the actual, like the, the transition from the birthing center to the next, the floor down of the hospital to the operating room was very stressful and they were kind of yelling. It was a lot of commotion. I was told I was trying to push her. My body was trying to push her out, but they were telling me not to push. I had to get a spinal, which is like the epidural on the operating table. And then I started to kind of have a panic attack. So they drugged me. So I fell asleep. Oh God. So I wasn't awake when she was born. So my husband was watching all this kind of go on. And then while I was in the operating room, um, I was robbed. So my my wallet and my um, phone were taken from my bag, so which, was, awful. which was in a waiting room. And then to top all this off, I had what's called a spinal headache that I did, wasn't really handled properly. So it went on for way too long. And then I had to go back to the hospital to get what's called a blood patch. And so it was a lot of physical and emotional trauma. And I'm just kind of now I'm kind of like, oh, shit, I got to figure this out. Hmm. So, so there we go. I know I'm not the only one who's had a really crazy, challenging birth experience. I know you've had one. I know lots of people have, and I th- and it's just led me to kind of oh, wow. I'm really rambling here, but just you know, think about how we process these experiences in our life, whether or not it's childbirth. It could be anything where we kind of like compartmentalize, and especially with childbirth, we're like, well, my kid is healthy, and that's all that matters. But then we, but then we kind of just push aside the really tough thing that you went through. And so I am thinking about that a lot right now. There we go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting too, that you bring up your husband's trauma because Mm -hmm. I, I still maintain that my, that Henry's birth was more traumatic for Matt than it was for me. It was traumatic for me, but I think it was almost even more traumatic for him. Yeah. As, as almost like a, a, a bystander, you know, your, yeah. your, your partner can't he, help. Yeah, he felt right. He felt powerless when all these things were happening to me. And I think especially for him as someone who, you know, sees himself as, as someone who can always help. Mm. That was especially um, upsetting yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah, I so, that, that's been really interesting to think about for me too. It'd be I'd love to hear more about your how he's feeling now, you know, 2 years out almost. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And and I'd be curious anyone who's kind of it doesn't need to be childbirth. I mean, we have many listeners who are not parents who I mean, every, you know, I'm not trying to just make it about the experience of of having kids, but I just this kind of like having a thing happen and then uh, I guess compartmental, uh, like not quite dealing with the challenges, right? Totally. Of, uh, I don't know. Oh. Anyway, so boy, I went on a tangent, but that's kind of what I've been thinking about lately. Hey, we are here for all tangents, all traumatic birth stories. Just, just lay it on us. 
Okay. Well, thank you. And you know what? You're welcome. I don't want to reframe the narrative of my birth story. Like I don't no, want you to don't try have to, to. I mean, not that you were telling me to, but I think like <laughs> because we use that term so much, like there is uh, there's also a part of me that's like What if you were like, stop telling me to reframe the narrative? <laughs> Take that like- keychain and shove it up your ass story. <laughs> no, but like I I also think there is another way to look at it of like, oh, like I need to really acknowledge it for what it was rather than trying to like make um, applesauce out of apples. What's the word? Lemon out of lemonade. Lemon, lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> Take applesauce out of apples. What, what am I talking about? Um, like sometimes I think there it is a it is also it is a worthy thing to do to really examine your pain for what it is, and not try to change it or sugarcoat it or find the silver lining or or what have you. Yeah. Woo. Mm. Meanwhile, Dory, have you seen that plum face oil that Chrissy Teigen's using? No, I haven't. I would love to know if anybody is using this. It's called Le Prunier Plum Beauty Oil. Now, Chrissy Teigen's like, been talk raving about it and so and it's now like selling out but is it just another thing that we're all gonna get swept up in i i tend to fall into the camp of just another thing but Mm -hmm. i'm willing to go into this with an open mind and have my mind changed well, I might order it just for the, you know, for the sake of the podcast. For the pod, yes. For the pod. Totally, totally. Just for the um, pod. I also just want to mention before we take a break that we forgot to wish everyone a happy Hanukkah on Friday's episode. But fortunately, since Hanukkah is eight nights, um, we're still in Hanukkah as this episode comes out. So happy Hanukkah to anyone who's celebrating. Yes. I know we are celebrating. And, uh, are you, do you and Matt give each other eight gifts or do you just focus on Henry during Hanukkah? No, I, we're just focusing on Henry during Hanukkah. We kind of do our, I mean, I, I give my gifts to Matt for Christmas and I think we've kind of just decided that like Christmas is the, is going to be the gift exchange time for the two of us. Maybe when Henry gets older and like is more sort of cognizant of what's going on, like we'll exchange some gifts between us. But right now I'm just just doing it for him. Well, Dory, I am wishing you and your family a, a bright and beautiful Hanukkah. And that goes to all the listeners out there who celebrate as well. Thank you so much, Kate. All right. Well, let's take a short break and we will be right back. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me me just tell you why. Yeah, get into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just going to say like, I... I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. 
So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with glorious dynamic. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Okay, we're back with some important intel, I will say. Yeah, I mean, who knew? This this person texted us. They said, I'm writing in response to Kate wondering if frownies work. They do. I started getting a crease between my brows and light wrinkles across my forehead in my early 30s. I didn't want to spend on Botox, so tried frownies instead. They're a commitment, but I started seeing results after a few weeks. I wore them every night for about five years and was completely wrinkle-free. I eventually stopped out of laziness, but it took a couple of years before the wrinkles resurfaced. I refer to frownies as natural Botox. They basically do the same thing by weakening your forehead muscles. And I recently saw a derm who said she would have thought I had Botox if I hadn't told her about about the frownies. Hope this intel is useful. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Anyone who who is feeling like that's their calling, let's uh, go for those frownies. I mean, I guess it like 
it does kind of make sense. You know, the way that you express yourself repeatedly is where you're going to get the most wrinkles because that's the way your face is moving. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm intrigued. I'm now back looking at the Frownies facial patch. Frownies.com, before and afters. I mean, look, hey, maybe they do work. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Listener, thanks for this intel. Thank you for doing this experiment for five years. Yeah, my God. <laughs> what a commitment. Like, I can't even consistently brush my teeth. Like, I have not brushed them this morning. And this person for five years put frownies on their head. I know. It's amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed by you. You are an inspiration. All right. All right. We've got an intense question. We do. We're kind of veering into um, ask a manager territory here. Hmm, very good point. You want to read this one, Dory? I would love to. <clears throat> I know we have all had difficult bosses, but I'm writing today because I'm at my breaking point. Have either of you or anyone you know had success going through your company's HR department for support when you had a difficult boss? I work at a large company with about 7,000 employees. For the last two years, I've had managers who take micromanaging to the extreme. To be honest, it feels like they're trying to push me out and just get me to leave. My boss two years ago wrote a year-end review that was not accurate and accused me of not doing things that weren't even my job. She was promoted and a new guy was hired. I thought we had a good rapport and things were going well. And then four days after the end of the review period, he provides me with a performance improvement plan and states I'm not currently meeting expectations. It's been two years now since I've had a raise. My current boss is such a micromanager that he reached out to let me know I had unanswered emails that I received in the last two hours. These emails were not a high priority, and it would have been reasonable to respond by the end of the day. I'm afraid that if I go to HR, it will just cause more animosity between my manager and myself. I've started applying for other jobs, but I have this strong desire to do something. feels like I'm being bullied, and I want to fight back in an appropriate way. I've been with this company for 16 years and would like to continue to work there, work here, albeit in a different department. I've never had a bad review with the exception of the last two years. I've tried to understand how all the things that I do do not count towards meeting my manager's expectations. I cannot seem to get a clear answer from him. It's like, no matter what I do, it will never be enough. Do you think it will hurt me more than help me to seek the help from an HR rep? Well, I should say I have not worked in a corporate job since 2014. Okay, noted. So I feel like I'm a little rusty. I th I think yes. I don't I, I think you should start by going to HR. At least then it is documented. I would print everything. Note everything, like start taking notes on all these kind of interactions that you're having that are pushing you to your breaking point and and then I, if, if look again, like there's no guarantee that HR will handle this in the appropriate way, but I do think like that is the next step. Um, and I think you can express your concern that to the HR representative that you have been concerned that this is going to cause more animosity, but like you also need to um, advocate for yourself. Yeah. Honestly, it sounds like you're not only being bullied, but you're being gaslit. Mm-hmm. I agree with Kate that the more documentation you have, the better. Like what what was on this performance improvement plan? What have you been doing to 
meet what has been set out for you and what has your manager's response to that been? I would also bring up the review where you were taken to task for not doing things that weren't your job. Yeah. Which is crazy. So, but I, I agree with Kate that the more documentation you have, the better. Yeah. I don't know. I'm- I'd also be curious to hear from um, if there are any employment lawyers who may want to weigh in on this. Ooh, employment lawyers. If there's, you know, anything she should be doing legally to kind of bolster her case here. Perhaps an HR rep could weigh in. Like, it almost sounds like you're being harassed. It's something is, this is not, does not feel like appropriate managerial behavior. No, it doesn't. Right? Like, the the unanswered emails that they received in the last two hours. Yeah. And, yeah, like, and, also, like, doesn't he have a job to do? Why is he monitoring your unread emails? Yeah, that's that makes me un- really uncomfortable. Yeah. So. I, I I support you speaking up. I mean, I, there have been numerous times in my life where I have had really difficult bosses and not spoken up. And I really regret that. I think I was afraid it wouldn't. I was I had similar fears of like, this is just going to they're going to find out they're going to be mad at me. It's going to make it worse. But um, I wish I had least like taken a step and seen what happened. So I, I mm. support you in this endeavor. Listener, I say go for it. Especially because they want to be at this company for six, they, they've been there for 16 years and want to continue to work there. It's not like you don't want to leave. You're not looking yeah. for a different job. Like, this isn't this, you have every right to have a stake in this, like, in your position there. So I, I would voice that too. Like, you want to continue working there. This is, place is important to you. And I think you, I think you are right to fight for yourself here. Go for it. I agree. Switching gears to ring story. Great. Let's switch. Had to pause the pod and write in for the listener who is looking for ring help. I'm not engaged, but I have two special rings that I've been wearing since I was 16 and I'm 28 now. You need ring dishes. I have dishes by every sink, by my bed, at my desk, and in other random places around the house so that I can always easily slip my rings off and never lose them. I also decorated a mini Altoid tin that I keep in my purse to always have a safe ring holder on the go. Another thing you can do when out and about is wear a thin necklace like a simple chain that you can slip your rings onto and clasp back around your neck you need to take your rings off, but keep them securely on your person. I take my rings off to shower, wash my face, do dishes, cook, work out, went on an outdoor outing like hiking, and sometimes to sleep. Hope this helps. Great suggestion. So then another person wrote to us with a link for a ring holder necklace. They said, was just listening to the pod that mentions the newly engaged woman who removes her ring a lot and feels like she doesn't know what to do with it forgets to put it back on. Check these out. They can be placed on the necklace without taking the necklace off and it keeps them safe. They are lifesavers. So they're these like ring holder necklaces with like this pendant that I believe you can just slip your ring onto almost like you're doing one of those like physical puzzles. Hmm. You know those puzzles like with the like the ring and the I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But anyway, they seem very popular with healthcare workers who can't have rings on their 
hands for various reasons or anyone who works with their hands. These seem like a popular choice. So we will include the link that this listener sent to ring holder necklaces. Great. Love it. And then one more recommendation. I'm writing to pass along a great idea for a ring cleaner that you may already own. After I got engaged, I asked the jeweler for a cleaner recommendation for my new diamond engagement ring. He said the best product to buy is Dawn dishwashing liquid. I literally make a small slurry of it in my palm, gently rub my ring around in it, and then rinse it off. Or for a better cleaning, add some Dawn to a small container and let your ring soak overnight. Your diamond will look shiny and new every time. I keep a small bottle of Dawn in my bathroom, so it's handy every time. And I added a small bottle of Dawn to a recent engagement gift I purchased and the bride-to-be loves it too. Ooh. (laughs) Well, I happen to have Dawn. And so last night I did this with my wedding rings and I, I put it in a container and I let it soak for like five or six hours while I was taking my children to their outdoor, weekly outdoor activity. I did have to call my husband who was home doing the dishes and be like, there's a cup of soap with my rings in it. Like, don't throw it out, which he didn't. And I will say the Dawn made them sparkle. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And they look very good today. So hot tip. I haven't had these things cleaned in years. So um, thank you, listener. Hot tip. That is a hot tip. Love me some Dawn. Great. Great oh, tip. You don't love yourself some Dawn, Dory? You're no, I, I I do. I just, I haven't tried this, so I can't speak to it. Do you use Dawn for your dishes? I don't. Wow, you're missing out. We use Method. Well, I'm a Dawn diva, as they say, so. Oh, look at you. <laughs> All right, Dory, we're going to pause it up, and then we're going to burb, so. All right. BRB. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient 
to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. All right. I'll read this next email. Hi, Kay and Dory. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of years now. It has been a real bright spot in my week, especially when I first started listening. I lost my husband to brain cancer nearly four years ago when my daughters were two and four years old. We had many couple friends and would hang out with the friends on our own as well. These were longstanding friendships. After his death, these friends continued to embrace myself and my girls. I started dating about a year after he passed away. I met and fell in love with my current partner a little over two years ago. He is divorced and has 50-50 custody of his three boys. I'm 40 and he's 44. This summer, we bought a house together in between us. We lived 45 minutes apart and got engaged. Congratulations. He has a lot of friends that are married and have kids, but doesn't have couple friends. He is very charismatic and has embraced my friend groups as they have him. However, he has mentioned that it is a little hard for him. And then he feels a bit out of place as my husband was beloved by so many of these people. And we have a long history that he was not a part of lots of inside jokes, stories, etc. Long winded. But this brings me to the question, how do we make couple friends together now? His boys are 12 to 17 age range and their parents' friends are tight with their mom and stepdad. In our new community, my girls are in activities, but with COVID, it's hard to meet people. There are two other families with kids on the block, but with COVID-19, especially this time of year, we're in Minnesota, we can't be outside much. When life goes back to somewhat normal, do you have suggestions for how to meet couple friends? I'm very much an extrovert, so this is something that is important to me in a relationship. Oh, this is so hard. This is hard. Well, first of all, congratulations on getting engaged, buying a house. That's really so exciting. Yeah. But making couple friends, what a freaking challenge because it's two and two. You've all got to be in sync. Yep. It's very hard. My husband and I have like awkwardly asked other couples out to dinner. Uh, but we both feel very awkward. We're bo- also both kind of awkward and shy a little bit. So I feel like we don't quite know how to like not flirt with other couples, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I do. Friends. I don't know. Have you had success in this realm, Dory? Well, it's hard. I feel like because scheduling is often a real challenge. Like, I feel like, We've tried to hang out like you and I have tried to hang out with our spouses and it's been tough. Yep. You know? Yeah. You're juggling Um, four people. Yeah. You're juggling all these schedules and kids and it's, it's very, it's very hard. Also like, um, we have, we've, we've made a few couple friends as a couple. What I was going to say though, is I would like to gently suggest that you let go of the idea that you're going to recreate the same types of couple friends with your new husband that you had with your old husband. I think that there is a kind of unique bond between 
friends that have been um, friends for a long time, mm. as you say, these were longstanding friendships. That's just not going to be the case with friends that you make with your new husband. They are not going to be longstanding friendships. Yeah, they're they, going to it, be different kinds of friendships. They will be they might longstanding be great. one day, but not exactly. Right away. They yeah. might be great friendships, but it, and it and it's also, I think, unlikely, possible, but unlikely that you're going to have a similar group of couple friends. I think it's more likely that you're going to have like individual couple friends. Yeah, so, right. I, it does sound a little bit to me like you're sort of hanging on to this idea that you can almost like replicate. And maybe I'm misinterpreting this, but this was sort of what I got from this email that like you might be hanging on to this idea that you can almost like recreate the same types of friends that you had with your first husband, husband. who passed away yeah. as you do with your current husband. So I think just like acknowledging that these friendships are just going to look different is and important. They, they might take a while to warm up. I mean, you know, yeah. cause you said you say there, you know, well, first of all, we're in a fucking pandemic where you can't yes. be with people. So yes. And you're in Minnesota where it's not like here in LA where like we could be outside and kind of apart and still chat with people year round. Like you're about to be into like, you're you're already in serious winter. So I would say like, you say when life goes back to normal, I would say like f focus on these two families with kids on the block. If if you like the the adults, just get to know them. Like have them over for pizza in the backyard and hang out and get to know them. And then maybe like suggest an activity. I would also say like you said your girls are in activities. Maybe there are some parents you meet at, at that. Maybe there's like one parent you like that you like get to know at school drop off. Where you're like, no, they seem reasonable. Yeah, but totally. it is it is really hard. And you like any friendship, you know, when these new friendships, they have to really they take time to grow. And it can be very I think you're you're right, Dory. Like my husband, and I have some couple friends that we've known for 20 years almost now. And like, it's very different. Like, and we met them when we were young and like, dipshits staying out till four in the morning, you know, like we've have a completely different relationship than two than a couple we might meet now at our kids' school or, or whatnot. Like they're meeting totally. us. So, so that is tricky. So I think, you know, just be patient. Yeah. And I would just go slow. Like yep. fo focus on a couple, set your sights on a couple targets. <laughs> you know, and just, uh, just like kind of take some time to get to know them and realize that it might take a while. Yeah. And I understand, look, I love people too. I'm, I'm a shy extrovert, and so it's this is important to me too. And I I, I see you, um, and I commend you for like putting in the effort, and also hearing your your husband's expressing his challenges that it can be a little hard to hang out with your friend group that you shared with your first husband. Like that's um, you're doing a good, good job listening to your partner. Yeah, yeah, I think Look that's a you. that's also a really good point. Yeah, and and that's those are so those are so many complicated. Relationships to navigate, and it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job. And are really yeah, it's a lot of dynamics. Yeah, you sound very thoughtful and lovely. I wish we could hang out here, but I you know. live too far away. <sighs> Alas, alas. All right, Dor, let's just wrap it up here with this voicemail because it's a fascinating suggestion that I'm intrigued by. All right, let's do it. 
Hi, Kate and Dory. I never thought I would call in and do this. I don't know why, but I'm really excited to be doing so. And I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you for creating your podcast. I went through a divorce a couple years ago, and I just didn't want to really see anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I would just walk my dog and cry. And I listened to self-care podcasts, and yours would always make me smile during hard times. Um, and the main reason I'm calling is because I heard Dory mention that she might try tennis again. And one really great gateway to tennis that my boyfriend and I have found in quarantine um, is pickleball. And it's easier than tennis to pick up. The materials are cheap. Um, you can just buy some paddles and a ball. And you're socially distanced from others. It's so fun. It's a little bit more like ping pong. So if you are decent at racket sports, it's a great gateway. Uh, so give it a try. And yeah, we uh, love you guys. And thank you so much for what you do. Bye. Okay. I love you too. <laughs> this almost, this feels accessible to me. I am intrigued by pickleball. Okay. Go on. I don't know. Tiny rackets. It looks like from what I've Googled, you're on like a smaller court. So it's like kind of like tennis, but like kids can play it. You don't need like actual like training. It's like, it's like, it's like um, ping pong tennis ish. I don't know. It seems fun. I'm intrigued. It does seem fun. I would meet you for pickleball at some point. Okay. So the court is the same size as a doubles badminton court. Which, who knows what the hell that looks like. I don't know. It looks like it's 20 feet by 44 feet. Who else out there plays pickleball? Courts can be constructed specifically for pickleball, or they can be converted using existing tennis or badminton courts. Hmm. There are more than 8,000 locations to play in the United States. Dory and I are both reading off of Wikipedia, unless, unless you think we were just rattling off I, these facts. I'm, I'm oh. looking on the website. Oh, for the, the official pickleball website. Yes, the official pickleball website. <laughs> um, I'm intrigued. I am too. This I seems will fun. I will, this looked really fun. I was going to do a little more exploring. Are tennis courts open right now in Los Angeles? They're not, They right? are. Oh, they, they are, are open. Um, you're only supposed to play with people from your household. Oh, but I could take like my kids to go play pickleball. Yes. All right. Well, listener, you might have given me a new idea. <laughs> anyway, All right. That brings us to our suggested activity, which, you know, just thinking about pickleball, I just want to say, like, move move your body for 15 minutes once this week. I love it. Yeah, just g- walk around your house. Do what our guest Louise Penny does if you want to run around your house. Just, you know, stretch, touch your toes. Does not need to be fancy or intense or anything, but just to get, just get in the bod. Move the bod. Move the bod. Move the bod. All right. Well, listen, listeners, you're the best. We love you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Cheerio.